How are you? I did not sleep great last night. How are you? Well, I went to that. I went to that dinner. Um, that was like about abortion stuff, you know, and it was hard to, it was just, it was like, it was good to be around like a bunch of powerful women who are all trying to figure out how to break through. Right. But it all does feel like it's the same thing, you know, like, because the truth is, like, these Republicans don't give a fuck. I can't see one more person that's like, oh, they don't ca- they care about care about children until they're being shot in school. It's like, yeah, no shit. Right. They know, Yes, what they care about. Right. Two things. Guns. And fetuses. Right. Like, that's it. They're laser focused for whatever fucking reason. Again, to what end? We don't know. I'm just like, I can't. I think, I mean, at this point, it's got to be, it's about, I think for, the split is undetermined. But for me, it's about money and bringing about the end times. That's about it. Because we know that they don't care about guns because the NRA's big jamboree or whatever the fuck they have where Trump is speaking next week. Guns aren't allowed in there. So they don't, they don't care about guns. Guns aren't allowed at the NRA jamboree. Or whatever the fuck it is, whatever. <laughs> J- so, Juggalo, you know. the Juggalo conference. Yeah, exactly. Juggalos are good, I believe. Compared, I don't know. I like actually <laughs> don't know anything about Juggalos, but but uh, yeah, I just know that they dress like clowns and like these motherfuckers <laughs> are clowns. Yes, that's true. You know what I mean? That, that is completely true um I, like, yeah you know as people were like make it make sense and you know last night on twitter and i was like well the nra knows that you can't trust people that love guns that's why the guns are not allowed in the big nra conference party whatever the fuck it is that's why because they know you can't trust people with guns so that's why it, ma- it makes total sense it makes total sense Anyway, I'm at like a, I'm at a real loss. Yeah. You know? And then I got home. I texted you before I was going. Because, guys, we recorded a full podcast, not knowing what had happened in the world. And like, ain't that just the fucking truth all the time? Like, all the time. You can't. You can't do any, like, it's like. I mean, it happened while we were on the computer recording the podcast. It happened during that short time. That short time where we didn't pick up our phones for a couple hours. Yes. And can I just tell you, I was saying this yesterday. We recorded a podcast that we intended to release today. And then we just were like, again, like it wouldn't, it's, it's just not the time 
to to put this podcast out, um, we need to talk about what happened instead. Um, and so, like, let's let's do that, and we'll hold that other podcast for for another day for later in the week. But as I was saying to Busy, the the amount of times this has happened in my career where you're just trying to make a silly ass TV show. And, you know, just and often like a live TV show and just minutes before you're about to go on the air or in the middle of when you're being silly for 22 minutes on television, a message comes across that there's been horrible gun violence again, again, somewhere in our country. And it's just, I don't, I don't, I know, I know that you all listening are feeling the same way we're feeling. I How know could that. you not? Yeah, I know that. And like, I remember, I know you have a very personal connection to Sandy Hook, Casey, because you lived there, like right there. Yeah. When that happened, your kids were in elementary school at the time. Like, I remember Birdie was a baby, like a little person and in preschool, almost going to kindergarten. And I remember looking at Birdie and just like, could not, my brain could not fucking handle it. And again, I'm looking at Cricket today. Yeah. And that's how old these babies were. Yeah. They're they're cricket. It's cricket. It's cricket didn't come home from school. Fuck me. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't, I like, or, or by the way, or like when I was flying to see Michelle and I was like, it was an international plane and it didn't have Wi-Fi, which was weird, but it just didn't. And we landed and it was the Las Vegas shooting at the, country music festival. Right. And I just remember everybody's phones turning on as you're about to like get off the plane, you're sleepy, whatever. And everyone just like collectively on the plane, like, Oh my God. Oh fuck. Oh my God. You know? Right. What the, what is it? And then the question is, yeah, of course, like which mass murder is it going to be, but it's not going to be any of them. Right. They're not doing anything. They won't do it. Well, listen, we have, we're so grateful that Shannon Watts is going to make some time today and jump in when she in her yeah her very busy busy schedule schedule today. today, which is like not what she expected her day to be like. This is like you know, yeah she's she's going to join us later um, when she's in between appearances on various TV shows. Uh, talking about what she does with her life. She's the founder of Moms Demand uh, Action, and um, sh- which is now Every Town uh, for gun safety. And so she's going to come and talk to us. Yeah, I was just thinking yesterday about how Eli in particular, I was pregnant with Eli when Columbine happened. 
and I knew that he was a boy and I remember just watching and, you know, and everything is very magnified when you're, when you're pregnant, like everything emotional is very magnified. And I remember just looking at the TV and being like, how, how am I going to do it? How am I going to bring a child into this world? How am I going to, a boy, like, it seems like there was so much attention at that time on like, what's going on with boys that this could happen, um, that, you know, that a thing like Columbine could happen. And it was so, I know that Columbine wasn't the first school shooting, but it was, there was something different about it, um, at the time. And then, yeah, and then just since then, it, it was just it was it was horrific, and it was like it it was I don't know. There was something different about it. Well, that it was like so coordinated, coordinated, and, and the, you know, yes. mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it just it, and and that I think for the first time maybe we had a clear idea sooner of what the quote-unquote reasons for the attack were. Um, and probably the news coverage of it was, you know, different than it had been in the past. But yeah, I was telling Busy, I was remembering also that when Sandy Hook happened, uh, which was close to our home in Connecticut... Uh, I had gotten a heads up because a friend who worked in a hospital texted me before anything, anything was on the news, just saying, what school, what schools do your kids go to? And I said, this school and this school, why? And she was like, uh, no, I'm just checking. I just wanted to know. And I was just like, of course, pressed her because I was curious doing that thing that TV characters do all the time that annoys me when they keep asking questions when uh, it's probably not the time. And she told me that something terrible had happened at a school. Anyway, the upshot is I kind of knew before it was even on the news what had happened at Sandy Hook. And I knew that it was a lot worse than what they were saying when they started to talk about it on the news. And we had had an appointment at Eli's school with his guidance counselor. And we went in and we said, we understand if you have to cancel this meeting, we know what's happened at this school. And she didn't even know. She hadn't even heard about it yet. And so she was looking it up on her computer as as we sat down for this meeting in her office and like really burst into tears because imagine like imagine how all of our school teachers and administrators are feeling every day like uh, just how much doubt is already sewn into what they do by the amount of respect and uh resources that we give public schools And then to top it off, like this other horrific possibility looming in any case. Last night I went back and I looked up the text that I had from Eli 10 years ago. So he was like 
12, 12 years old. I'm like actually super, how did you get that text? I'm like, I'm actually, I really want to know that. Sorry. I know that's not the point of the story, but I, I find it? Sincerely saved it? I, no, I just, he has the same phone number. I have the same phone number. He, I looked up, uh, please get Lincoln. And it came up from Holy December shit. 2012. And it's just text after text from my older son who had like, again, heard a rumor that something terrible had happened at a school and was begging us, begging us to go get his brother because he just wasn't sure like what was happening. Were all schools under attack? Was Did this gunman get away and was he right. moving on to an, another nearby school? He just didn't know he was a kid and he was only hearing like rumors, you know? And so, yeah. So I remember saying, I'm actually at your school right now, you know, and we will, we will get your brother. We'll make sure everything's okay. But I'm not trying to say that like at, on that day, my children weren't in immediate danger. They, you know, they were well protected at their schools. We, we were there, we were lucky to be there and we were lucky to be able to go and get my son to, uh, allow my other son some peace of mind because he literally was like not holding on to his mind at that moment, the second that he heard this. And it just, to me, points to how traumatized our entire country of children have got to be over and over every time this happens. I got home last night from that dinner and I got home at like 1030, maybe, I think. And I just hear like stomp, 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 stomp down the stairs. Yeah. And I, I was taking Birdie, I mean, I was taking Gina out of too many kids' names to remember. I was taking Gina out into the backyard to pee because I had just gotten home. And, like, I turn around and Birdie's standing there, just tears streaming down their little face. And I was like, oh, buddy. And Birdie was just like, kids, like, just little kids, mom. I was like, I know. I know. I fucking know. I'm so sorry. Like, hugged Bird. And they just like sobbed into me. And this is like a child who I the like time I got dragged on the internet for like saying a thing that people thought was like I had made up about my kid. Right. Like years and like, years. This is like, by the way. Anytime anyone says their kid says something. I learned, clever. I learned my yeah. lesson. I'm not gonna lie. I learned a lesson. But but the truth was, Birdie was I think seven years old. And was having started to have issues sleeping again. Yeah. Wouldn't sleep. And we got to the bottom of it. And it was that Birdie was afraid of being killed by a gun. Right. Like being murdered by a gun at seven years old. And I talked about it on this podcast after. Guys, I don't remember the name of the school shooting that a lot of the kids were from the school, like live streaming right. on TikTok, hiding in the bathroom and stuff. And Birdie watched that earlier this school year, late last year, 
year, I think, in the fall maybe. Yeah. I don't even remember. Right. These kids are fucking traumatized. Yeah. And I don't even know, like, I was just looking to see if the school, our kids' school sent an email because I haven't talked to Cricket about this stuff yet. And, like, I don't know how to. I don't know, like, what she's going to hear at school today, you know? Well, it's impossible. I, I And I say impossible knowing full well that every parent in the country has to fucking say something to their kids. But it's impossible because it doesn't make any fucking sense. It doesn't make any sense. And part of it, like, Bernie going to this... <laughs> wanting to go to a different country for school I know is because Bertie has this like deep seated fear which by the way we all should fucking have all the time but Bertie's is just like Bertie's more tuned right. into their anxiety in that right. way right I had um I didn't, t- I didn't tell you this yesterday when we were t- doing our first podcast, but I had my like monthly meeting with my psychiatrist, my pill doctor, you know, yeah. which is different than therapy. Guys, if you don't, right. if you're on medication, you know this, but if you're not, there's a difference between like just a regular therapist, talk therapist and a psychiatrist. Right. Generally speaking, it's that psychiatrists charge you way more per hour. <laughs> right. But so you really only have to see your psychiatrist to, like, get your – make sure your medicine's right. Sometimes, like, at this point, I actually don't even see him every month. I, like, check in with him, like, every two or three months, I think. Right. But so we were, like – he goes through, like, how my anxiety is, how my depression's doing, like, how I'm doing generally, how I'm doing. Right. And assesses, like, if my medication is – still doing well for me, whatever. And I, he was asking me these questions and I said to him, I'm like, I'm so sorry. How does anyone answer these fucking questions now? And this was before the right. shooting. Cause this was yesterday morning. Right. But Buffalo, obviously Buffalo happened last week. Like the Buffalo shooting happened last week. There was a shooting on the subway here in New York yesterday or two, yesterday. Right. I don't even know. Whatever. Right. Like, and also I'm, in that, what, it, it was a Taiwanese church that there was also a shooting just in, like, the pa- it feels like the past five minutes. And, and I continued, like, you know, I continue to be on these calls and in these Zooms and having these meetings about what is about to happen in this country and what is happening to these pe- to people in this country right now what is ha- the, the forced birth like alexis mcgill johnson told me a true thing that happened to a woman in texas which was that she had suffered a miscarriage partial miscarriage went to the hospital the doctor, it was post after six weeks, the doctor in the hospital, because of insurance purposes, were afraid right. to perform unnecessary medical 
procedure to help this person. And they said to her, come back when you feel like your body is going into sepsis. Like you're supposed to fucking know what that feels like. So anyway, I said to my psychiatrist, I don't fucking know. I think you can up my medication until I'm literally numb. But like, what? I mean, how is anyone supposed to move through the world with a reasonable amount of like, you have to like disconnect, I guess. You have to be actively ignoring the world ar- around you, other people's experiences. I Right. Well, I worry too that that is part of the plan. And I know that this sounds kooky from me. No, we've me, talked about it. But I mean, it, it, and like we talk about conspiracy theories and I think that, you know, people really get into conspiracy theories and I don't know how much of a, a conspiracy theory it is, but it feels like it's a conspiracy to overwhelm us to the point where we don't know what we're supposed to do. And it it feels like like that overwhelm applies to everything. Like, well, everything. we know that that's a, that's a Republican strategy, like flood right. the zone with shit. And it reminds me of the time when like in a moment, also during one of my pregnancies, when my health insurance company was questioning like some thousands of dollars of charges mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I happened to keep getting the same Mm-hmm. customer service representative and she just yes. like broke down and told me that it's their job to make you give up to make you just throw up your hands and say like there's nothing I can do I just have to like succumb to this debt and like succumb to this insurance company not doing what they're supposed to so it's a strategy to what end I don't know I guess I guess that dovetails with my other conspiracy that that's like some end times bullshit. Well, no, it goes along with both, right? The money idea and the end times yeah. idea because I don't those are two those are two factions that just work together even though they're they're what they want is two different things. But if all you're interested in is amassing money and power, yeah, it totally it totally makes sense to overwhelm everyone and get everyone to feel like there's nothing more they can do. And also, like if your goal is to accelerate the end times, I guess it makes sense to make everyone feel like they're overwhelmed and there's nothing more they can do, I guess. I guess those are both those are both an attempt to amass power, I guess. Just in different ways. It's just that we know we know in the words of Shantira that we have the numbers for good. Right. I mean, I think 90% of Americans are for sensible gun control. I didn't realize it was that high. I thought it was was closer to 70, but... 
Maybe I believe ninety percent of Americans <laughs> are are for some form of sensible gun control, right? But again, like I'm not. I mean, look, if it were up, to, I'm not even kidding. If it were up to me, I would be like Australia. Or what, I would just like, I would be like, that's we're getting rid of guns. Like we're not. Period. Like I actually don't give a fuck about your fucking constitutional right to bear arms. You're not like you know, fighting the British. Like it, <laughs> like it, I, I, like, I just like, it just is not, it doesn't apply. You know what, yeah. you know what is like also like not in the constitution, women, any, you know, like anything having to do with women. Right. Which is why, which is why this motherfuckers going back to the constitution about bodily autonomy for people that have uteruses is such insane bullshit because these motherfuckers didn't even think that women were people. Right. Well, that's, I mean, and here's the thing. This is why, like, claiming to be any type of constitutionalist. Is, you're a fucking idiot. It's ridiculous <laughs> because, like, the Constitution has been amended a number of times for for reasons and we have it failed. It was supposed to be a living document, It guys. was supposed to be a living document and we have failed to amend it for uh, developments of our modern times and also we have used the strict wording of the Constitution. We have. They have used the strict wording of the Constitution to fit their agenda when it works and then have perverted and bent the wording of the Constitution to fit their agenda. Sounds when it like works another book that people like to talk about a lot. <laughs> exactly. That people like to bend to make it make sense for whatever fucking bullshit they currently believe, want to believe, or want to put on somebody else. Sounds very fucking familiar. Yeah. We're talking about the Bible. Guys, the Bible. I was talking about the Bible. The Bible is the book that Busy is mentioning. The other book. The other document. document that, yeah, is being interpreted in a way that I don't, I mean, I think you have to be pretty fucked up to think some of these ideas are Christian in any way. I, I just... I've been to church. I see. These motherfuckers aren't Christian. Yeah. These motherfuckers are something else entirely. Yeah. Like, this is a scam. It's a real scam. Casey, this is a scam. It's a real scam. Like, Casey and I have been obsessed with scams recently. We've been talking a lot about scams. Scammers, scammers are very hot. I don't know if you guys know this. (laughs) And people (laughs) love, like, People love a scam. They want to talk about scammers. Want to talk about WeWork or Anna Dalvey. But this is a scam. But on this like is a fucking scam. A national scale that literally affects all of us. We've been scammed. We've, we've been, been scammed. We've been scammed. And I was just reading, you know, everybody likes to, um, everybody likes to, nobody likes to. Everybody <laughs> mentions when... <laughs> When these things happen, oh, how many how many guns there are in our country? Mm. There's like three more guns than people. More guns than people, and um, I don't have a gun. Casey, do you have a gun? 
No, that's what I just looked up this morning before we got on. Is that if like you have a gun? All no, I I knew that I didn't. I knew okay. I didn't have a gun. Um, I looked up that all of those guns. I think it's like three hundred ninety three million guns are owned by Americans by three hundred twenty nine million Americans. I could be completely off on the numbers, but those guns are owned by only 32% of Americans. So it's, I don't, it's, that's like, I don't, the math, what's the math? Like at least four, four guns a piece or whatever for people that love guns. I don't know. And it's, it's, it's insane. And I think, and that's, that's like on average, but the truth is that it's like a very small percent, like wealth in our country, you know, like 1% of our, of people in our country have like 50% of the wealth in our country, something like that. I know it's like a very small percentage, like one or two or 3% of gun owners own the majority of guns, like have these, you know, but it doesn't fucking matter, right? Because it only takes one gun or two guns to make happen what happened yesterday. What continues to happen. What and what continues to happen. to happen. What continues to happen. Yeah. So, like, the numbers, like, they are staggering. No doubt. They are staggering. But really, all it takes is one person getting a hold of one gun in most cases, a certain type of gun, which, again, people love to get into the semantics of what an AR-15 means. And so when when you say automatic rifle, someone will quickly correct you that, an, that the AR and AR-15 doesn't mean automatic rifle. So just... For clarity's sake, if you're going to try to make that argument anywhere, an AR-15 style rifle is any lightweight semi-automatic rifle built on the Colt AR-15 design. The original Armalite AR-15 is a scaled-down derivative of Eugene Stoner's Armalite AR-10 design. So this is like a whole language and all the shit that we don't know about, but when you talk about it, Someone who is pro-gun will derail you about what well, AR-15 means. Right. But again, it's like, I'm not here to debate. I don't give a fuck. I actually don't care. Right. Sir. <laughs> ma'am. It's not often a ma'am. A what? Yes. <laughs> it is. It, it's you're... a fucking white Karen. Sorry, Karen. <laughs> Sorry, Karens who are listening, who are good people. But you know what I mean. We know what you mean. A Karen. Uh, There's a yeah. lot of white ladies who are like, yeah, can't take away my guns because I'm, um, you know, deeply rooted in p- the patriarchy. Right. Well, that's the thing, right? <clears throat> Is that none of this, yes. none of this happens without the complicity of, Women. I, oh, when same, I, was, I mean, yes, right. It's the same with abortion, too, by the way. It's right. The same right. with 
Yeah. Well, when I was saying everybody. it's not, it's usually not a woman. I guess I was meaning that the these mass shootings are rarely women, hardly ever. Has it ever been a woman? I'm, I'm sure, not kidding. I'm sure once or twice, like a woman has been involved in some way. But I was reading today also that like, and again, like this is, sorry, guys listening, like we're just going through this like you are and just like scrolling like you are. So all these like snippets of things that we read and and so like very poorly sourced information. But I was just reading... I think the LA Times did, was it the LA Times did a study or published a study? Anyway, whoever it was, um, that a lot of these attacks, like, aren't, they didn't say that it was rooted in misogyny, just that a lot of these shooters have, like, misogynist hatred of women incidents in their past. Right. Um, domestic violence or, you know, uh, a problem with a girl at school or a problem with a, a woman somewhere in life. Um, you know, it's so who knows? Look into that. Do your own research. See what you think about that. Who knows? I mean, I feel like we do. We know. Yeah. Part of, We're going to release the <clears throat> podcast from yesterday, probably sometime this week, I would imagine, just because I feel like, well, on Busy Tonight, we would call it basically like an evergreen <laughs> episode. Yeah. yeah. Like we talk about stuff that isn't timely or really tied to any pop culture things that are right. happening. Right. It's about just other stuff. But one thing that we do sort of talk about is just is untangling ourselves from like ingrained patriarchal ideas that like maybe we're not even aware are ingrained patriarchal ideas. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And our country is very okay with violence against women. There are clear ties to violence against women and violence, like period. And these men who feel, you know, it's the incel fucking thing, right? Like, incels is like, it's, that was like such a hot word for a second. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, I know they're still out there. I'm not sure why, <laughs> why we're not discussing them any, anymore. Um, and this is, this is all, I don't know. I mean, all I've read so far about the perpetrator of this horror yesterday is that he was bullied in school. I don't know what his his motives other than that are. Where I'm just in generally speaking and I always it's so weird to talk about motives anyway because they never make sense and they're not logical, but I I did look it up and um Gabrielle Perry on Twitter who is an epidemiologist, I believe, said that the university 
of California did mm-hmm. a comprehensive study of school mass spree shooters of all ages and found that the common link between them all is a vehement hatred of women. 80% had a history of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. So uh, she was saying mm-hmm. it seems like most of them killed a female or killed or hurt a female relative, girlfriend, wife, someone before before their their crime before enacting whatever plan it was that they had. Um, and again, that's just Twitter. It's not, it's not verified. So some of the details might not be completely correct, but the idea is there um, that, you know, that there's a pattern. There's definitely a pattern to be noticed. All I'm saying is like, yes, we're not fucking experts. This isn't a deeply researched podcast. We are. We are clearly just processing shit as it's happening, as like we've said before and will say again. And like, we're so grateful that you guys want to be with us while we process things, you know. But I know inherently, like without you reading that, I know inherently that there is a tie between the men that perpetrate any kind of mass violence, but like any amount of violence on the world, I just know in my gut that they also hate fucking women. They hate them. Because why? I don't, because our society has, what? Told men that they, what? What is it? What is well, it? That Toxic it's- masculinity. I think it's just that we're just trying to be equal. Right. And that is too much, and they fe- you know? And they feel like it's taking something away from them. That it's, well... It's the same thing the with saying? white supremacy, right? Yeah. When you're accustomed mm-hmm. to supremacy, equality feels like oppression. And that's something that needs to be risen up against. And, you know, and that's why it's wild because... It doesn't make any sense because we don't live in a world where women or all people of color are anywhere near equal to where certain people are uh, in the system. But then it gets complicated. It gets complicated. But it, it's everything, Casey. It's how it's how we raise our kids. It's that conversation I had about this situation at school, at our school, our birdie school with that boy. It's like how we raise our daughters. It's the messaging that like every bit of society is like giving these boys. Hi, Shannon. Shannon, thank you so much for making a little bit of time in what today must be like overwhelmingly, I mean, you packed and I really appreciate it because I think a lot of people who listen to our podcast are feeling understandably 
Like, devastated. 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 So Shannon, thank you for being here. We talked a little bit about you and who you are. And I know you just came from being on television. Uh, Shannon squeezing us in between uh, very important television appearances today. But talk to us a little bit about what message you're spreading on behalf of every town. And I don't know, maybe we can talk a little bit about like, what are some practical things we can do to feel like we're and not a path, helpless. And a path forward. Yep, absolutely. So look, we all have to take time to acknowledge that, that we are devastated, that we are afraid. And what are we afraid of? We're afraid for our safety. We're afraid of people being numb. We're afraid that this won't stop. But, but we do have the power in a democracy to force change. And we have to take that anger and that fear and that devastation, and we have to channel it. And I don't just mean for the next couple of days. I mean getting ready for a marathon. This is not a sprint. I've been doing this as a full-time volunteer for a decade, and I have seen us make huge strides you know, we are now larger than the NRA. I can go through a whole list of how we have beaten the gun lobby in the last decade. I think because there hasn't been a cathartic moment in Congress that people think nothing has happened, right. but that couldn't be further from the truth. That will happen, I promise you. And I hope it happens this week. But if it doesn't, we don't give up, right? Mm-hmm. We, what choice do we have other than to act when we can't even send our kids to school and wonder if they'll be picked up in hearses instead of school buses, right? We have no other choice but to get off the sidelines. And look, if if you're listening to this and you haven't been impacted by gun violence, if you're the 50% of America that's never been touched by this crisis, God bless you. But it is coming to your community. And we need you to get involved. There is an easy way to do that. If you text the word READY to 64433, We will have a volunteer call you pretty instantaneously and tell you how to plug in in your community. We work on this legislatively. We work on this electorally. We work on this culturally. Find a piece of the work that you are passionate about and do it. That is the only way we solve this. And Shannon, we talk a lot on this podcast about, you know, about women's rights and equality. And we've been talking a lot lately about bodily autonomy. And um, and I think what's important for people to recognize, for us to recognize, to finally get it, is that all of these issues are interconnected. And that, like, talk about yes. the ultimate mm-hmm. in bodily autonomy. I would like to not be shot. I would like to have the freedom over my own body to not have it be killed by someone who has an axe to grind and has gotten a hold of a, of a gun and all of these feminist issues. We were just talking about the complicity, like none of this happens without the complicity of some women who are, Mm -hmm. who are deeply, deeply still entrenched in the patriarchy. But the, these are feminist issues. Uh, Gun, uh, gun violence is something that, like if you're a feminist, it has to be on your docket of things to a hundred percent. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I would be shocked if we don't find out that this teen gunman has some kind of history of misogyny. 
um, certainly an extremist if he went out and bought two semi-automatic rifles on his 18th birthday. Um, but we see that over and over again. And, you know, what's really interesting is that even though the gun lobby has lost power over the last decade, right, they tried to declare bankruptcy, they're hemorrhaging money, political power, uh, their, their corruption has been exposed. They're really weaker as an organization than they've ever been. What I couldn't have predicted was that this gun extremism would become part of the policy platform for the GOP, Right, that guns have really become yeah. sort of an organizing tool, a fundraising tool. Yes, like abortion. They're Christmas, using it. They're, yeah, they're, they're using Christmas it cards. To yeah, they're, yes, they're using it to speak to a small but really motivated base that they know they can get by using a couple and, like, pardon the expression, trigger words. Right. That's exactly right. And, and, and so the platform that we're seeing flying through state houses, red state houses, isn't just things like permitless carry, right, which allows you to carry a hidden loaded handgun in public without a background check or training. It's not just that. It's also anti-abortion legislation. It's anti-trans legislation. It's anti-CRT. It's book banning. It is all a part of a policy platform that is interwoven by these extremists who say that they're for law and order, but this is lawlessness. And how do we combat just, uh, Shannon, how, because I, I was lucky enough to be at a lunch with you. Oh no, I'm going to cry. Sorry. I was lucky enough to be at a lunch with you many years ago. And I remember leaving with such hope, like you really have such an ability to continue to show up, you know, how do we, all of us listening, not feel the overwhelm and the fatigue that this, these people want us to feel that it's too much and it's insurmountable and they've already won. They've already won. How do we, how do we have what you have? (laughs) How do we help me? How just help me understand how, you continue to show up in with just you are laser focused and and I am increasingly becoming overwhelmed. I also am a person that's laser focused, but like I'm increasingly becoming overwhelmed myself and feeling like, well, hands, I don't know what the fuck to do anymore. How do we refocus and maintain it? And I just want to say I understand that. And I I do want to emphasize that we all have to take care of ourselves. We talk so much about self-care in this movement. Um, Whatever that is for you. For me, it's meditation. It's a bubble bath every night. It may sound trite, but that's what it is. And when we ask our volunteers what helps them keep going, that's sort of our internal motto, keep going, it's two specific things. One, it's that they feel we're winning. So that's what I was talking to you about before, right? Not just focusing on what's happening in Congress, but it's the fact that we have now passed background checks in 21 states. We have passed something called the red flag law in 20 states. Uh, We've passed uh, laws that closed the Charleston loophole in 19 states. We've disarmed domestic abusers in 29 states and on and on and on. We stopped the NRA's agenda in state houses 90% of the time for the last six years, Mm -hmm. right? Those are wins that don't happen unless you show up. And so when you know you're winning, You feel motivated to keep going. And the second reason that people get involved 
is for the relationships that they create. They find their people. And when you find your people, you have passion and you have a purpose. And again, I am not asking people to get involved and go to the Capitol tomorrow and and talk to their senator. I'm not asking you to do that. You don't have to chain yourself to the White House fence. Maybe you just decide you want to educate people about secure gun storage. Most school shooters in this country are students who get guns from their homes. Maybe you want to help get out the vote in the November elections. We can help you do that immediately. Maybe you want to um, work in your own state house and try to stop bad bills or pass good bills. There's so many things you can do, but you don't have to do all of them. I think that's really important. And I think that um, I remember one thing that you had, I feel like you had said, it. I feel like this was at that lunch, but it was such a small thing. And my kid, well, my child is now almost 14, my older one, and my little one is eight. And I feel like I didn't even have cricket when we, when I was at that lunch with you. Because Birdie was like very young. It was right after Sandy Hook. And you said this thing that was like, as a parent, and I do it to this day, I say when I'm setting up a play date, just so you know, we have no guns in our home. And so your child is not going to be in a home that has any guns. Or if I'm sending my kid to someone's house, who I don't know, I say, I, this might sound a little, because sometimes it does, you know, you're like, you don't know these people really, but, or you do, you think you do. I'm like, I just have to ask this question. Do you have any guns in your home? You, I I believe it was you at that lunch that, that just offered that. And I'm just saying it, reiterating it now, because it's something that I've implemented in my life. And so many parents are like, oh my God, thank you for saying that. Yep. 4.6 million kids live in homes with unsecured guns. Whew. That's that's wild. That's and you never you just never know. You don't know. You don't know. And but also for every mom and dad out there, for every parent that's feeling kind of awkward, I promise you, I promise you, it gets easier after the first time you do it. It gets easier. Oh my god! And totally. I've talked about this, I think, on the podcast, but I we did the same in our house. And one time I did say, before I let my child come over to play, I have to ask, are there, are there guns in your house? And the mom said, well, this is awkward. And I said, <laughs> well, just think of how awkward it would be if you had to call me to tell me that one of our kids shot the other one. And so, like, let's just get it over, the awkwardness over with. We show you how to do it on our, our website, momsdemandaction.org, on our, our social media channels. Just send a text. That's the best way to do it. We don't That's talk what to each I other do. IRL I anymore. <laughs> I send texts. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> have a gay, do you have a fence around your pool? Do you let your kids play M-rated video games? Do you have peanuts in your house? Do you have guns and how are they stored? Yes. Um, <clears throat> okay. So we've all been, I feel like, grieving nonstop. And I think it's really important to acknowledge how deeply upsetting and massive the loss of life has been. And it feels like it's accelerating. But I do think that hearing how you're winning, we're winning, is helpful 
and I and I just I'm curious, like, if there's one thing today that we should do, what is it? Text the word ACT to 64433. Mm-hmm. We will immediately help you plug in. Uh, as you can imagine, we are creating plans right now about what comes next. How do we organize? How do we fight back? How do we demand action? Not just now, but all the way through November. And we will help you get involved to do that. We need every single vote, every single voice. And again, if you've been sitting on the sidelines and and watching these tragedies unfold while other people do the heavy lifting of volunteering, it's time. And, And I say that with love because I am someone who did not get involved until 26 people were killed inside an elementary school. But black and brown women have been doing this work without attention for decades. And yes. it's time for us to do it too. Um, Shannon, thank you so much. Um, thank you. And thank you just for, again, one thing that we talk about in the reproductive rights movement um, and in this movement is that the other side, re- they really are able to laser focus, right? And to get people to just show up for a thing, you know, and so they vote for their person who's going to, you know, deliver on what it is that they want. And I feel like we haven't been doing that. We haven't been showing up and pushing the button for the person who says it's enough. We need gun control now. You know, we need women need to have bodily autonomy. Now it's important you know, trans students, bodily autonomy all across the board for everyone. I think we just have to be as laser focused as the other side. That's right. I, I saw too many white women voting for now Governor Yunkin in Virginia because they wanted to punish Democrats because their schools were closed. And I certainly understand the frustration of schools being closed during COVID. But this is his agenda. Guns in schools, guns for anyone, anywhere, anytime, no questions asked. Like you said, we have to be laser focused. We have to vote for the candidates who are on the right side of this issue. If you want to know where your uh, candidates and elected officials stand, go to gunsensevoter.org and you can see their policy positions on guns there. I think that's super important because I also think, and these are conversations that people have to have, especially like if people, I can't with the fiscally conservative or whatever argument, like you're going to have to like... Is your money more important than children's lives? I well, guess it's also it's, it's also a lie. Like, stop deluding. It's a lie. Your, it's just d- a lie. You can, the next time someone tells you they're fiscally conservative, tell them that they're being delusional because nothing is being conserved. <laughs> but also on on our, quote unquote our side, I think we're getting a lot of people who are like, I'm single issue voter. The economy is the most important thing to me, and like. I think we also have to get stronger at communicating to these people. Well, you might think that you're a single issue voter, but this single issue is coming to you. And this this issue that we're talking about that you're telling us isn't important in your choice for vote, it will affect you at some point. And you're very lucky that it hasn't affected you as of yet. But we're telling you that it's a crisis and we have to address it and it's a single issue that also affects the issue that you say you care about. Thank Um, you. Okay. Thanks, Shannon. Have a, I know you have a day. 
Yeah. Bye-bye. Thank Bye-bye, you, Shannon. Bye. Thanks. Uh, she's, she's amazing. Um, and again, just like a regular person who, you know, decided that it was time for her to do something and, um, became the leader of this, of this organization that has really grown, but also, as she said, really, uh, something that black and brown women have been on the the front lines of of this work for years um but yeah i think that some really you know she some was concrete uh, tips like shannon watts for those of you who don't know is the founder of mom's demand action slash every town for gun safety now and was a stay-at-home mother and had been a communications executive. And uh, after Sandy Hook, um, she started a Facebook group that basically just said, we all can do more. Americans can and should do more to reduce gun violence. And... uh, Listen, it's so funny. I, you know, I had said earlier, like I went to that that dinner last night for yeah. Planned Parenthood, and it was like an off the record conversation, right? You know, yeah. And there were lots of CMOs of companies there, curious, like how do we support? How do we make it make sense for our companies? Blah 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 blah. And we were going around the room, like explaining who we were. And I said, like, oh, and a fun fact, you know, you had to do, like, a fun fact about yourself, like, at those, like, dinners, you know. And I said, well, my fun fact is that I never in a million years thought that I would be talking about the abortion I had at 15 and abortion in general and bodily autonomy as much as I now have found myself in the last several years doing but you never fucking know when the thing's gonna show up that you're like well I guess this is part of just my life now like I guess I have to I'm going to do this because you have I have to I have no other choice right and I feel this way about this issue as well and I feel that so frequently people are like well you do like all that stuff with abortion, like really gun safety too. (laughs) You know, like it's like you can show up for multiple things. And in fact, to your point, Casey, they are all fucking tied together. Right. Right. You know, uh, so many people were making the point yesterday, like we're going to force people to give birth and then we're not going to protect children in any way. And, Uh, to boot, we're going to like ban books or, you know, and so yes, they are, all of these things are tied together. They're tied together in that way on, on the other side. And so they should be tied together for us. And it's just, it's just, I mean, it's very simple. It's very simple is that our idea of freedom is being able to 
live your life, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness as our, you know, supposed to be our freedoms in this country and the way that gun culture is structured in this country, we don't have life, liberty, or the pursuit of happiness. There's a chance, there's always a chance that that can be taken from us. And so we're just asking to have more rights than guns, you know, to have more right, like guns are less regulated than my body, you know? So I don't know. It, it we're I know we're preaching to the choir here and I know, but it, I do think like sometimes it, it is hard to know where to go. But I think that like or what to do, you know what I mean? And I so I really appreciate Shannon's like action actionable item. So you can text ready to six four four three three. And someone will reach out to you and help you find a way to show up and be involved. Um, And more than that, like, I guess, as with all of it, all of it, let's not be afraid to talk about it. And let's not be afraid to continue to talk about it, even when it feels... It's like you were saying, I don't even know, was it yesterday? Was it this morning? But you were saying like, you already felt like people were numb to the, to mass shootings, like that that people are truly reaching a point where they're just like shut off from even processing it, you know? Yeah. Um, And I was thinking about myself, like in, and yesterday after we finished the podcast, I, you know, sent the files to you and was like bopping around Casa Kismet, like getting some things together to go back over to the family home. And before I closed my computer, I did see the New York Times like pop up in my inbox that was like, said something about a shooting. And Casey, I didn't even fucking look at it. Right. Right. I just shut my computer and I was like, just walked back to the house, you know? Yeah. Didn't even fucking look at it. I like registered a headline, shut my computer and just went on my way. Right. And when I got to the house, I, you know, had to get ready for that dinner. And so I was like kind of, being a little busy and Mark was like, had his computer open and was like, did you, did you see what happened? And I was like, I don't know. I like saw a headline like briefly. And then he like showed me and I, you know, stopped in my tracks, but, but the thought of like, that it didn't stop me initially because I just was like, Oh, there's been another shooting. Well, how many times have you been like, you know, you heard that there's like a shooting somewhere and then you're like, oh, it was only one or two people. Like, oh, thank goodness. 
or or that nobody died or whatever that people were shot but no one but everyone survived like people have still been shot you know it, it it's it's unfathomable it's un- imagine just going about your day and being shot and then to talk about well, this is difficult. So I'm going to say, like, if you're feeling particularly sensitive, maybe you want to block your ears. But I want to talk about something because I think it's important, which is that reporters that were there for Sandy Hook uh, for the for the reporting of how that unfolded were talking yesterday about how the parents from the school were all all gathered to be reunited with their children. And one by one, they Mm. were reunited with their children until it dwindled down to the group of parents who had been waiting, who had been waiting to hear anything all day. It Picture, you sent your kid to school in the morning and it's fucking dark. It's fucking dark by now. And you haven't heard anything. And they told this group all at once the your your kid is sadly has is gone is not coming back and you the reporters were saying that from the street you could hear the wailing from the street of this group of parents and then i thought that was just about the most horrible thing that i've heard in my life until yesterday yeah. when reporters described the way that the group was gathered similarly and was waiting to be reunited one by one with their kids. And again, it got dark. It got dark again so long since you sent your baby to school in the morning. Can't. And then they started saying to parents who are waiting, we need to take a DNA sample from you. No. To try to figure out. So... To explain explicitly why that was necessary is because the gun that was used was so damaging. Stop. I can't. Please don't. Please but don't. But the, these are the things that we need to, we need to acknowledge are true. Is that, that is how they were going to go about identifying which children had actually been okay. killed in this instance. In this incident of horrific, and there's just, there's no fucking need for it. There's no, it's needless. It's needless. And so I just think when we talk about not being afraid to talk about things, I think we... I don't want to put anyone through any unnecessary trauma or but I do think that we have to think about how fucking unthinkable it is because yes there have been a million times when I've shut my computer and been like oh just one person died uh you know it what the it was less than a week since what happened in Buffalo to those people mm that were just trying to fucking live their lives. And like, it was less than a week and everybody was moving on already. The country was moving on. What happened in Buffalo 
wasn't going to change anything. And so when people talk about not politicizing a tragedy like this, it's already been politicized. The fact that it could even happen is because it has been so heavily politicized. Politics is what made it possible to happen, what made it possible for these guns to be bought and to be carried. Politics is what made it possible. It was already politicized by its existence. And so do not take the bait about how we're not supposed to politicize this because it's time to mourn. Because it's time to mourn every fucking day now. Every day we have to mourn. There's no space. There's no space for people to live and breathe between these instances. And I'm like, if it is going to take me describing to you why they need to get a DNA sample from a parent to identify their eight, nine, or 10-year-old school shooting victim, baby, baby. Just cricket. It's cricket. Then that... Like, if listen, if you're listening and you don't have a child, it's cricket. It's like, it's my kid. Like, that's how old these babies are. Fuck me. And by the way, there are families that are still waiting to hear the outcome for children who were harmed in this incident. And, and you know, they're, they have a long road ahead. So there's so much to be done for those kids. But this community... This community, and I saw so many people from the community, again, in the coverage yesterday saying, like, we did not think that we never expected anything like that to happen here. Nobody ever expects anything. You, If you expected something like that to happen in your community, how would you go on every day? You know what I mean? How would you even let your kid go to school? Of course nobody expects it. That's That's how we keep going. That's how, you know, of course, that that makes total sense. But when it keeps happening, I think we just have to know, we have to know the truth of it. And that is, you know, that's what has been reported to us. And that was the first time that I saw something like that said. And I think it's important to acknowledge that truth of like what these weapons are, what they do and ask ourselves, what the fuck are they for? What are they for? What possibly could they be for? And by the way, I want to talk a little bit about how our country guarantees the right to a well-regulated militia. And that is the argument that people use about our right to to bear arms. None of these fuckers are in a militia, and it is certainly not well-regulated. It is not regulated at all. And the intent of that was to give the people power to rise up against a government that would try to oppress them in the early days of our, in our country's infancy. And let me tell you something, like, not only is that not happening, but sincerely, what is one man with 
50 AR-15s going to do against the American government should he decide to try to rise up against the government? You've seen people try to get over the fence at the White House, correct? What has happened every single time? It doesn't go great for that guy. There is no, like, the, the idea that we have to arm ourselves to rise up against our government is, like, I'm not saying that when the founders were talking about this that it wasn't, like, a great idea for back then. I'm not, I wasn't there. I'm not saying, it, but what I'm saying is now it's delusional. It's delusional to believe that you are somehow fortifying yourself for some coming threat that you could possibly defend yourself against, even with the largest arsenal. I mean, not to be, I mean, whatever, whatever. I'm so... We are being oppressed, by the way, by the government. Yes. Like. Every day, in a million ways. Yes. I almost threw up this morning. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It was a very, I, I saw that reaction from a lot of people were just like, and I saw the reaction of a lot of people who were like, I just became a parent like in the past couple of years. And so this is, you know, right. And, and it's hitting me different this time. And that's the way it is. And unfortunately, again, something that we talk about all the time, somehow it becomes more real to you when it's something that you could envision happening to you, but it's got to be real to all of us. It's got to be real to all of us. And like, again, you're a single issue voter. You care about say healthcare. That is very important. It's so important. It's, it's worth fighting for, but I'm telling you like, the most basic health care that a lot of people are, are asking for right now is to not be fucking killed in elementary <clears throat> school. That's like a first step to a healthy life for some people. Not to be shot in a church or a grocery store. <clears throat> that like that's the baseline health care <clears throat> that some people are are wishing for. So, yes, it, it, we have to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. And, like, I get it. Everyone's numb. I get it. And everyone is saying, like, I can't vote any harder. That's why I'm so grateful to Melissa, who talked to us um, about the States Project. Right. And Just all of about, you. And we're so grateful to all of you. So who, like, grateful to all up. of to sign up and to raise money because she, she talked so much about the importance of politics being local and daily. And it's so it's not about yelling at Joe Biden on Twitter, like asking him what the fuck he's doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, which I get it. People want to do it and it feels good. I wrote some very um, salty tweets yesterday to you know, to your Mitt Romney, 
who has taken $13 million from the NRA, I believe, um, at the same time that he's talking about how words are failing him, how this could happen. Uh, You know, don't be fucking tricked by Mitt Romney and his sensible-sounding words. Look at the follow the money. Follow the money. But, yeah, I mean, we just have to figure out we have to educate ourselves on how things work and politics are every day and they are local. And the great thing about what Shannon just told us is like, nobody's telling you, you have to like cut back on your hours at work or anything like that. But if you, if this is something that you are feeling like in the pit of your stomach, if you feel like throwing up today, you can text that number, you can plug in and you can just add it like maybe to your list of weekly chores, just like taking out the, garbage also doing some texts or skipping Starbucks and giving that money to a candidate or an organization that could use it. Just little things, just little things to help us get back to sanity. Well, that's such a, a, honestly, Casey, that's like such an important word, right? Because I do feel like I've been increasingly feeling like, oh my God, I, I, crazy. Like this is crazy making. Like I feel crazy, you know? And by the way, I know that that's ableist. Guys, don't come at me. I know that I'm not supposed to say crazy. Right? Isn't that a thing? That's what Birdie told me. TikTok. I mean. TikTok. Yes. But also, TikTok. yeah. <sighs> I, but I understand what, like what. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? My sentiment. Yes. Yes. It feels like you're banging your head against a wall. Yeah. But we don't have to feel like that. We don't have to feel like that. And by the way, we can scream and yell. Just let's like look into it and figure out what we should be screaming and yelling and at who and you know and and what's the most effective way of doing that and and maybe we can make change and maybe some progress will be made because as busy was saying quoting our friend Shantira we have the numbers for good but that's why that's the game to exhaust us right mm-hmm. to make certain percentage of people being like, you know what? I'm fucking tired, man. I'm going to sit this one out. I just can't with this. I'm tired. I have three jobs. I have three kids. I have three husbands, whatever you have, you know? Uh, And I'm just exhausted and I can't think about it. That's the game is to, to make you so fucking exhausted. You can't even, you can't even, you know? You can't even think of what comes after, can't even. But I also think, like, today is such a hard day because it's so fresh and, well, a big responsibility a lot of people have today is, like, reassuring kids in our lives that we're going to do what we have to do to keep them safe, you know? And it's hard to, because you want to be honest with your kids. 
You want to tell them the truth. And the truth is, right now, it's a fucking bus out of control. And so you can't make promises, really. You know, it's hard to make a promise to a kid that's doing lockdown drills in their school about how you're going to keep them safe. Because, right? That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to be like, I I promise this is not going to happen to you. By the way, like, there's going to be a scary drill at school today where you have to hide under your desk as if that would help. So I know it's hard, but if you can, if you have the spoons, as they say, to um, to take a look at it and take a look at the sickening facts of it and then decide what small thing you could do. That, I mean, that's... That's it. That's, that's like we, I don't know how many more chances we are going to have to, uh, you know, individually as people, I don't know how many more chances we're going to have to act on the behalf of someone else and to act on behalf of our own safety before this comes directly to your own community or your own home. This is a hard day. And like, you know, it's a hard day because everybody just wanted to be living their regular lives, right? Yes. But there's an entire town, an entire school with dozens of families whose lives will never be the same after what happened and this is on top of another dozens of families just in the past week whose lives will never be the same because of this one issue and so we wanted you know every Wednesday we want to just get on here and have fun and like joke around about Bradley Cooper's bangs or whatever the fuck we're talking about uh you know we want to <laughs> we want to talk about Fun scams. Um, are scams fun? Sometimes. That are people scamming every fucking day. <laughs> every day. We wanna get on here and and just, you know, talk about what's going on in our lives and our problems because we know you guys have the same problems, but then all of a sudden, suddenly, like all these problems that seem so important yesterday are kind of fucking stupid and pale in comparison they pale in comparison um to this moment and so i guess like we just wanted to be here with all of you and thank you so much to everybody that reached out and said like are we going to hear from you guys today are we going to get to spend time with you today it would mean a lot that means a lot to us we just wanted to be with you too and we always want to give you something practical and useful you can do if that feels like something that you need to do. Because you're never going to be more motivated to do something about this issue than you are right now. Right. 
And then, you know, in the coming days, as we start to like, you know, we know how this goes. We'll learn more about it and we will continue to feel sad. And in the coming days, we will start to get back to living our lives and maybe not thinking about it as much as if we had been directly affected. But I just, I really strongly believe that, again, we only have so many chances to go through it like that before we are the ones who are directly affected. And I just, I don't want that. I don't want that for any mom or dad. And on either. Or any brother or sister or the the teachers that were lost that are were working so hard. I don't I just don't want that for any family. No. For no. anyone. No. Um no. and so yeah, um if I'm guilty of politicizing this, then I'm guilty because I strongly believe none of us will ever be more motivated to make some type of positive change as we are in this minute. You guys, I love you. Hug your kids, hug your families, and then fucking let's all do do a thing. Let's just do it. Let's do something. Let's do it. Right? Yeah. We love you so much. We love you so much. Thank you for listening, and we will um, we'll get the previously scheduled podcast out to you later this week. Yes. But thank you for listening, and thanks for asking for this. We hope it helped a little bit, and we love you so much. We love you guys. Okay, bye. Bye. Oh, no.